you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and <laughs> Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a Wednesday, so obviously we are uh, just a, ga- a day after the, our regular game because, uh, as we all know, in, in, in a regular season, we normally have Tuesday yeah. evening yeah. games. So, uh, you know, it's the whole week is thrown off, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's a very interesting uh, Cowboy situation we're in where – we are. Uh, this feels kind of like a, a post Thursday game, right? Where we're having a, a, a recap day where we're not supposed to. But it's, since it's Wednesday and we still have a game coming up, it's like it's weird. It feels yeah. very weird. It's 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 an odd. And, and then on top of that, I mean, we could just talk about what a terrible game that was that we just watched last night. So I'm feeling fine, but I'm also extremely confused confused by the state of Cowboys affairs. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start with this. The Cowboys fell to the Ravens 34-17. to uh, The Cowboys allowed a, a 294 rushing yards in this game. The offense didn't play too bad. Um, we're going to get into you know the finer things of this game, but let's do a overarching picture of the Dallas Cowboys. It seemed like last night it was open season on the coaching staff, especially Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan. You saw a lot of beat reporters and national media really talking about how the Cowboys, uh, you know, there's just, they're, they're a dumpster fire organization right now. And the coaching staff is to blame. And this isn't the right group to get it done. Lane in 2020 is weird because I was trying to keep people optimistic and I was really trying to yeah, not weird. push the panic button this year. Uh, and, and not after this game. So it, what's going on here? Uh, we, how do you uh, feel about this coaching staff? First things first, can we take a reality dose here? Real, just real quick. It's outside of football, right? Everyone wants to talk about how great – I heard, you know, all last night about how great an organization Baltimore Ravens were run last <laughs> night. And, uh, and and then, you know, I'll just talk it about – uh, uh, the Cowboys coaching staff and you know how everyone should be fired. Blah 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 blah. And look, those things are separate. Football on the side, on, you know, is one thing, right? It's I'm having a hard time with the whole Baltimore Ravens is a very well run organization when you consider what has happened with the COVID situation in the last sure. two weeks of this team. In fact, it, they have done a complete disservice to their players and to their team uh, sure. and to the league, frankly, with the way that they've treated this. Uh, so for the Cowboys who have basically run the COVID gambit as well as basically any team in the NFL and being, being forced to play in a, in a season where the owners are trying to get their 16 games, you know, c- cable money, yeah, money grab yeah. situation. I think the Cowboys have played that situation as beautifully as can as they can. The football has not been where it needs to be, but I, I am kind of tired of the Cowboys as an organization being uh, a crapped upon while we are literally playing a team that 
that couldn't follow their own uh, uh, guidelines and basically had half their team well, sit out at different points for COVID vi- for COVID violations. I also want to say this. Do you know how many playoff games the Ravens have won since they won the Super Bowl in 2012? Give me the Just number. go ahead and guess. I would say three. A big whopping zero. They wow. have not won a single one since they won the Super Bowl in 2012. They've only made the playoffs three times since 2012. So it's not like this is an organization that's always winning and they're always in these, you know, Super Bowls and championship games. Come on, let's things change really fast in the NFL. I don't think the Ravens sitting at seven and five are significantly better run than the Cowboys. Now, having said all that, they wiped the floor with us last night. I'm certainly not but trying they should, to deny right? that. They, yeah, I mean, absolutely, uh, they should. And 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 I think that's the thing that. You know, it's it's like beat writers and, you know, a lot of cow- most Cowboys fans, it feels like, are goldfish, right? It's like we talk all week about how <laughs> ridiculous this team is that we're fielding uh, and that how, you know, they are they are completely outmatched. They're injured. Uh, they just don't have the horses to, to kind of keep up. Uh, and, and every, you know, every week, right, you know, five minutes before for kickoff, everyone forgets. Right. And, and, and it's like if the Cowboys score mm-hmm. a couple points, they, they think that suddenly the Cowboys should be playing on equal footing as the Ravens. And uh, and that, you know, it's it's just going to come down to coaching decisions as to whether this game gets won or not. Well, I really I mentioned it last week. I really think it's because their three receivers are healthy. Yeah, again, and that's why yeah. everybody expects them to be better than what they are. I've been right? saying they, it, too. It's 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 this delusion that the that the only thing that the, the Cowboys are missing is Dak. You know, and that and that they mm-hmm. oh they've still got their full complements of wide receiver. We paid all this money to this backup quarterback. Why, why can't this work? And you know, I, I think everybody forgets the context of the fact that this defense was only supposed to be survivable with Dak and with the, the idea that we were scoring. You know. Forty burgers. I mean, there's a team. There's a reason we were talking about Team Forty Burger, right? It's because mm-hmm. we needed it for our defense, and so <laughs> exactly. And now, and now, you know, it's like uh, I'm watching the pregame, and Joe Buck and 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 Troy are talking about. Uh, well, what this team needs to do is is play uh, play it close to the chest and play good defense, and uh, you know, maybe get a couple things here and there, dude. That's not an option. Like no, this, no, no, no. This defense is not good enough to do that. Like the fact that you're suggesting that, like, like I mean, means that you've forgotten the context of of all these other games before us, right? Like, just because the Cowboys had a couple games where their defensive tackles played better than they had all season and and showed you the exception to the rule, doesn't mean that you should be expecting that that's going to happen. The Cowboys were severely outmatched and are severely outmatched on their defensive line, basically whoever they face, and and you could tell because. Teams can't stop having rushing success against this team. Sure. So yeah. you, you you add in uh, you know personnel deficiencies that have been there since the beginning of the season at defensive tackle. You add in uh, you know whether you want to call it uh, a, a, a lack of knowledge in run fits or bad eyes on run fits, but lots of bad Both. run fits at the linebacker position. Uh, and and you've got a team that cannot stop the run, and it's like I said yesterday, and I feel like this is something that I've been saying for years now, is that you could tell me that stopping the run is not important in today's NFL, and I will believe you, but only up to a point, because there is a point when your run defense is so bad that it becomes a an albatross on the rest of your entire team, and suddenly that's the most important thing, right? That you cannot stop the run because if you're if you're bad enough at it, if you're bad enough at stopping the run, that's all a team has to do to beat you, and 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 suddenly all they have to do is 
very simply hand the ball off, run their run game. They don't need to add any risk into their game if they don't if they don't if they don't want to. Maybe they will on third down, but all they have to do is run the football. They're going to get seven, eight yards a carry, and it's going to require your quarterback to have some kind of Herculean effort to sure. bring the game back into 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 play. And guess what, guys? Andy Dalton is our quarterback. Andy Dalton is 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 a fine backup quarterback, but he is not Hercules. Dak is Hercules, and Dak has unfortunately uh, uh, been crushed by Atlas Boulder uh, right now, and so he can't he can't you know he can't do anything. He, he, that video showed you he can barely walk normal. So uh, I think that that's where we are. That's where we've been for for weeks now. Uh, but every week, you know, there's this renewed expectation that the coaching staff is going to figure out some sort of X's and O's scheme that is going to make uh, our second team offense, which is essentially what is out there, but, uh, you know, a, a play at our first team offense level. And then our, you know, I don't even want to know what, what string the defense is. I mean, even with the starters out there, they feel like second stringers, uh, like like they're suddenly going to become uh, the 84 Bears overnight because of uh, – of you know a couple more run fits like i said i was one of the people that was banging the drums that maybe there'll be improvement on this defense maybe they can learn maybe they can learn i've i abandoned that hope weeks ago because it just it feels like look the the curve should have been done by now the talent level isn't getting better you're not going to be able to go out on the street and get what you need in order to make the talent level uh uh, to uh, to where you need it to be to be you know the kind of defense that you could rely on to win games uh, and so the Cowboys fans need to just realize the, the truth and the reality of where we are, that we don't have a very good team. We, we have a defense that cannot stop the run to save their lives, almost almost literally. And with, without Dak Prescott to be the quarterback, Andy Dalton can go out there and you know convert some third downs and, and maybe score some touchdowns when he gets the ball and, and turned over inside the, the Ravens side of the field. Or special but, teams play. Yeah. 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 But this, but this is not a team that is going out there uh, and and win, you know, stealing games against good football teams. I agree. Uh, we can have a conversation about the coaching staff. I think you and I kind of hashed this out before the show. We we still believe that Mike McCarthy should be the head coach. It's just hard to judge anything from him this year on wins and losses because of all the injuries and because of the shortened season. We do have some more questions about Mike Nolan because the last time we saw Mike Nolan as a defensive coordinator before Dallas, he wasn't particularly good. He hasn't been good this season with the Cowboys despite some less than ideal circumstances. Uh, But I think you and I both agree we're not just firing Nolan to fire him, right? You have to have somebody better in, you know, to replace him. We'll see what those options are maybe this offseason. Yeah, Um, definitely. I'll just say real quick I I, I think that, you know, there is there is an argument to be made that Nolan's soiled the uh, salted the soil here, and that that you know maybe there's no point in re- uh, returning. But I totally agree that you need to have somebody in mind to replace him because I I, I think otherwise just changing for changing sake isn't worth it. And j- and to be fair to Nolan, again I will say that and to McCarthy, this is a spoiled sample size of a season. You you, you mm-hmm. can't I mean you can't take what happened this season and try to like extrapolate a bunch of information out of it because it's just so unique. Uh, and anyone trying to do so, I think, is really gonna really hurt their own evaluation. So I I yeah I, I wouldn't be totally upset if Nolan came back because I don't really feel like this is a good example of what his defense can do. But at the same time, he hasn't done anything that makes me like want to keep him if there is somebody better available. And, sure. and I do think that it does just from the 
what we've heard from the players sound like there's issues between the coaching staff and the players. And so maybe, maybe we need a fresh start. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic, and they are releasing six new flavors, including caramel brownie, which I had for lunch today, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your first box at BuiltBar.com. And right now, you get a free cooler with an order of a new box, only while supplies last. Again, that is BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Landon, let's talk about the offense because I feel like they aren't getting enough credit in this game. I know they scored 17 points, but I feel like considering the mismatch, especially on the line of scrimmage in this game, 17 points really isn't all that bad. They had 388 total yards of offense. They did have one interception. Uh, The running game was pretty good. Ezekiel Elliott, 18 carries for 77 yards. Uh, Michael Gallup had a big day. Um, the offense was in scoring position six different times in this game. They came away with two touchdowns, one field goal, and three missed field goals. Yeah. So you just add on those field goals that Zerline normally makes, and this is a you know 26-point game offense. So how did you think the offense performed in this game? You know, I thought it was fine. Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I was happy with a lot of uh, the – I thought the pass blocking was way better than I expected. Uh, you know, there was definitely times when Dalton had – uh, more time than I imagined and he only ended up getting sacked one time um, and you know he was hurried and he definitely felt pressure but uh, you know again let, let's take a look at who is out there you know playing offensive line for them so I, oh exactly you look at the the opposing defensive line and those are all big time players oh, yeah. right you have Matt Judon franchise tag Yannick Nagakwe pro bowler franchise tag this year uh, Calais Campbell, Defensive Player of the Year, and uh-huh. Brandon Williams, maybe the best nose tackle in the NFL. Those are the four defensive linemen. And then were Derek going up Wolf. And, I mean, you know, and Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf yeah. was out there a lot too, and he's a heck of a player as well. And, and you know, they're going against guys who are uh, backups to the backups in a lot of cases against, for the Cowboys. So I, I thought that for you know, again versus expectations, I thought that they they played well. Um, I thought the wide receivers really showed up. You know, and 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 they there was definitely some times when the, there's some uh, off-target throws that they were able to bring in. There was some uh, they were able to get open and and win on the outside, which I thought was impressive. I mean, Baltimore doesn't have a terrible secondary, you know, and 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 Dallas was able to uh, to find some o- open spaces in there. And I think you know a lot of. Uh, a lot of it's short and you notice that the average they weren't getting downfield a ton um, but I think that they played well for the most part and were able to uh, uh, to win their battles enough to move the football some I thought the run game was average which is you know pretty decent against the, the the Ravens they aren't exactly you know known for stopping the run this season so much but uh, again I mean let's look at who's playing these games uh, it's it's not exactly a group that's 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 known to maul defensive lines so uh, you know I think Elliott averaged over four yards a carry uh, you know they they were able to find some space there and I thought that that really helped them early on you know because 
they th- this offensive line was able to uh, kind of leverage that into a little bit more boot boot and some uh, waggle stuff, and that really helped open up the passing game. And and I again still would like to see more and more of that because I think uh, it helps you know the the protections it helps offensive line not have to fight these uh these guys who are probably a little bit more talented than them so regularly one-on-one they get the get the, the ball outside the pocket you get different angles for dalton uh, i think all of that's good um you know I, I think the issue is that there ultimately is a talent disparity you know and and i think that as good as the wide receivers can be they still rely on the rest of the offense to get them the ball and that's the quarterback and and the pass blocking and uh, I think that there was, you know, uh, just uh, too many uh, chances for uh, disaster in the pocket. And I think it, it it kind of, you know, and the other thing, too, is that even when Dalton was getting clean pockets at times, you saw him doing stuff like that kind of little pirouette out of the back in that one play. You know, Dalton in general, even in a in a non-crowded pocket, doesn't always seem comfortable in the pocket, right? Like no, no, no. Period. So, uh, I think that that's ultimately, you know, what's providing a ceiling for this offense is that I, I just think that unless you have an offensive line to really affect the 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 other team's defensive line, uh, you're relying on offensive linemen to hold on for dear life for 48 pass plays, uh, and then hope that Dalton can find enough time to get get rid of the ball. It's just not a. a, a a recipe for a successful offense. You need to find ways to get more big plays. You need to find a way to, to chunk plays a little bit more or dominate on the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and, and really the, the Cowboys were basically, uh, you know, holding on to the game with both hands with offensive, uh, efficiency. And then when, when the Cowboys were not able to convert for whatever reason, whether it's a, a penalty on the drive or just, you know, just unable, a, a missed opportunity on third down, uh, as the game went on each drive that they weren't able to convert, you know, each field goal that they missed, uh, it, it the, the Baltimore was a, able to eventually make the Cowboys pay for those and, and really start to pull the game away. All right. Um, I'm going to be, again, super optimistic. What here is going like, on, Marcus? Seriously. Well, because I, I, I'm watching this. <laughs> I, I, I know, listen, we know how important offensive line play and trench play is. That unit really shouldn't be able to score or move the ball much against the third-ranked scoring defense in the NFL, right? I mean, this is, this is a, however metric you look at it. They're a top-five defense, uh, and especially now that they got all their players back. I, I think... We're going to bring up the Steelers again last week. But what the Steelers did last week against Baltimore's B team, they scored 12 points with all the healthy offensive line, healthy bed, and all that kind of stuff. The Cowboys had 10 drives in this game, Landon. They punted once, and they had seven drives that went inside the Baltimore 35-yard line. They were moving the ball. And that's that's what's, I guess, I mean, not frustrating to me because I don't really care too much if they win or lose this one. But it's just like... Give Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy some credit here. They found yeah. a way to move the ball, to put up 400 yards against a really good defense despite being incredibly shorthanded on the road. I, I guess I, I'm just frustrated, Landon, because I, I feel like they're not getting any credit. I mean, I went. we'll talk about the defense, but I feel like the offense has been pretty good the last couple of weeks despite maybe not the scoring points being you know overly high. Yeah, I mean, look, the offense is... Even though the offense may look more toothless compared to what it looked like before, I still have way more optimism because, again, 
how, you know, look at all the p- people that you're missing on offense. You know, oh and, my and, gosh. And, and and they're still able to do you know something. They're still able to move the ball against, like you said, a very good defense. Uh, you know, they're not able to punch it in. They're not able to uh, to convert. And again, three missed field goals is a huge part of that. But I, I think that y- you add in Dak Prescott and that offensive line. I think you know, obviously, the, the results are going to be uh, uh, different. Now, obviously, the, the Cowboys didn't look great early in the season when Dak was here and, and you had a portion of your offensive line, but they didn't have problems scoring or moving, moving no. the ball. You know, the, the problems were still on the defensive side and, and continue to be. So, uh, you know, I, I think I have a lot of optimism. That's why I'm not trying to blow this up. Right. Cause I, I, I still think that McCarthy showed you that him and Kellen Moore with a healthy offense, they could score points and they will score points. So, I, we need to fix the defense and, and we need to, you know, obviously get healthy on offense, but I agree. I, I think that, you know, for the most part, you know, there, there's some questions on, on whether or not you take field goals or not. And, you know, you can have all those questions if you want. I, I, I understand that. I, I'm looking at the larger picture of how this, how this team is being handled with the players that they have on it. And I think on the offensive side of the ball, there isn't as much of a problem. You know, there, there, it's it's really is kind of a a, a, a skill you know, a skill loss issue more than a, a coordination issue on that side. So yeah, I, I I agree. I think McCarthy is not getting some of the credit for what he's what he's doing well. I understand that it's yeah. extremely yeah. difficult to to expect anyone to uh, be praising a, a coach who's the head coach of a three and nine team. Um, but I, I do think all things considered, the offense is w- kind of what we thought it would be, or at least it was early in the season. And for for the context of who's playing on the field, I, I don't have a problem with the way that the offense is performing because, look, it's <laughs> we got a lot of scrubs out there. Sure. A um, little bit of this for context. Are you ready? The Cowboys have over, and I get cap numbers not the best way to judge players because no. the Cowboys do some things to bring down certain guys' cap numbers, but... $58 million of cap number were out on offense last night for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. $58 million. And yet they still put up 400 uh, yards against one of the better defenses in football. And that $58 that, million doesn't include whatever we think we're – well, actually it does because it includes Dak's uh, franchise number, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah. again, I mean, but still. when you look you look at Dak, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Blake Jarwin, Tyler Biotish, uh Cam Irving. I mean, there's just a lot of really good players, well, except for Cam Irving. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's just a lot of really good players that help you win games. So, again, I, I think the offense was absolutely fine. Could they have been a little bit more effective in the red zone? Absolutely. Could the special teams help them out? Certainly. Uh, I think they were fine. Uh, let's take a quick break so we can talk about the Cowboys' defense before we head out. All right, Landon. Um, not great. I mean, that's <laughs> that, I mean, Thank you, folks. We'll talk to you later. There. Thank you very much for listening to the show. We're done. <laughs> Here's my question to you. How far away is this defense from being competent? You know, uh, they, they need to have a really good offseason. You know, they, they need to uh, identify a couple of uh, free agent defensive tackles, I think, or at least one free agent defensive tackle. Uh, 
because I mean that that position is if you're looking to get better immediately, I can't imagine that drafting a defensive tackle is going to help you. No, um, I, I think they, that they need a veteran to pair with Gallimore and Tristan yeah. Hill. Without I, I think I think Tristan Hill and Gallimore with the, with one more offseason, you're going to see uh, some good things. I, I think there will be improvement. Again, I, I still have faith in Gallimore. I've seen him do it. It's it's a it's a consistency thing. It's the roller coaster up and down and mm-hmm. up and down. And you saw a little bit of that Tristan Hill too. Uh, so I, I'm hoping that a year uh, an off season with both of those guys getting experience playing this this season will kind of help really steady things in coming in next year for that. I think you still need, on top of that, you still need to add a defensive tackle, whether that's bringing Gerald McCoy back or looking on the market or you know trading for a guy, whatever you need to do. I think you need to add talent at that defensive tackle position at the top. Uh, there's a lot of guys in free agency, though, so that, I do like that. There's there's yeah, a bunch there, of names that we can get to, and we don't have to do them today, but I do, do think... Today. But yeah, but I do think that there is going to be a lot of names that we're going to look at, and I'm hoping that with this new, new regime... Uh, or whatever regime we have, that there's going to be a lot more openness to looking at defensive tackles. In uh, you know, listen, Poe is one thing, but let's let's go find a guy that could be a little bit more dynamic. And let, let me give you this: if, if the Cowboys went out and signed like a Dalvin Tomlinson for the Giants, how much better are you already feeling about this defense? A lot better, right? Like, exactly. I mean, yeah, I think you get a guy like that, a proven vet who, who you like, or I mean, he's still even a very young vet, right? Yeah, exactly. So he could fit yes. right in. They could play for a while. I, I think you get a guy like that who. Uh, you know, commands respect in the middle. You maybe you still draft another defensive tackle, right? Like sure. maybe like fourth round, and I, and I think that there's you know just looking doing what little I've There'll done. There'll be guys there. There'll there be some fat guys. guys that we can plug in there. Yeah, like I mean, the, the defensive tackle range is not great up top, but there's guys in the third or fourth round that if you're just looking for a run stuffer, you can find some really good ones in, in, in at fourth round, you know, because that's all they'll probably be able to do for you. But that's okay, right? Like it's okay to get those guys and. Uh, it, when you have like kind of a dynamic group outside of that group, so uh, yeah, I think you need to do that. I think clearly the draft is going to need to be defensive back heavy. I mean, cl- I mean clearly, even if you re-sign one of these these corners, which uh, I mean, I don't know which one you would want to re-sign at this point. I, we talked about how Awuzie needed to have a really nice season in order to be worthy of getting re-signed, and I haven't quite seen anything close to no, that yet. So no. I think you're either going to need to you know get another free agent uh, corner. Uh, Oh, and and or draft uh, several defensive backs. I mean, I would say we probably need to look at a situation that we did. Uh, was it four years ago, <laughs> five years ago when we did, a when double, we did double the up on corner Xavier Woods situation, uh, right? Double dip a uh, corner, maybe get a safety too. I just think that you need. I actually blood. feel better about their corners, though, and this is the right because you already have Anthony Brown under contract, yep. and when he comes back, he, he's fine in the slot. You do have Trevon Diggs. Uh, my guess is they're going to bring in a veteran corner or they're going to sign like a Wouzier and then and still draft a corner yeah. high, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that position is going to be all that hard to address. I really don't. No, I mean, I think that you can do some things to get passable grades, you know, there pretty quickly. As you're building. Uh, yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, I look, I think Donovan Wilson is worth looking at for the future. You know, I exactly. think he's sure. worth like looking at as a potential starter. So the question now becomes, what do we do with Xavier Woods? I, I think I'm, I think I'm out. You yeah, know, I'm just I think after we're good. after the season. You know, I'm done waiting, and it does feel like he's never going to get better as a as a run defender. And some of his he tackling, might go somewhere else and be successful, but it's probably just not going to happen here. No, yeah, his tackling last night was just 
was just terrible, you know? And yeah. so uh, I, I just, we, I think we need more from that position. And, and, and if you're not going to be a, a great, you know, run defender, you need to be a much better pass defender than, than he sure. has been. So yeah, I, I, the, the answer to your question, uh, it's going to take a really uh, uh, effective off season. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility, especially since the Cowboys have resources, uh, but I, I do think it's 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 gonna t- if you want to get it done in one off season, um, it's gonna take a, a pretty big effort. I, but I think it's doable. I certainly think it's doable, especially when you consider what the the goal is here, right? Like we yeah. just need them to be competent, and it's not that it's not going to be that hard if you get your offense clicking, right? If Dak comes back and plays at the level that we saw in 2019 in the start of 2020. All that defense needs to do is get two stops a half, and I think they can figure out a way to do that. You sign a defensive tackle, you're going to have a million draft picks, probably a lot of them at the top of every round. You will have some free agent flexibility. I know some people are worried about the cap. They'll they'll be able to figure it out. Don't you worry. It, it's, it's not going to be all that hard. The, to me, Landon, the biggest question, because I actually I'm, I'm not worried about their secondary and – their, their defensive line. I think they'll figure that out. It's at linebacker. Yeah. And Leighton Van Der Esch was terrible last night. Yep. I mean, absolutely terrible. And Jalen was, I mean, they think he was Jalen. Um, but, like, you have some big decisions to make this offseason. Like, and Leighton Van Der Esch, you have to decide on the fifth-year option on Leighton Van Der Esch. Jalen Smith, you need to decide what you're going to do with his contract. Do you draft a linebacker high to, to try to replace one of those two? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was so discouraged by what we saw by both of those players last night in the season that I, I really don't know what they do at linebacker. Yeah, linebacker is going to be an interesting question because uh, I, I don't really know. You're really taking a risk, I think, if you're taking Van Der Esch's fifth-year option at this point. I mean, he just has not shown you anything this season that is – close to what he showed you his rookie year i just i, I haven't seen i haven't, just haven't seen it at all and even when he's playing well it's 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 okay it's not what what he was right mm-hmm. so uh and again and i i think that there was some of that with with uh, demarcus lawrence potentially defending van der esch and suggesting that the, the defense was a little bit complicated to understand but i i mean i don't know man like I, i've seen some stuff that seemed pretty straightforward to me that uh, he just miscues, and and beyond that too, he he he's not tackling well this season. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's been a little bit better at, at uh, this. I think tackling wasn't as much of an issue last night, but I would say overall through the season it has been an issue, and that was one of the things he was best at. I think when you combine that with his injury stuff. Uh, I would take a very hard look at whether you want to get in bed with that long term, frankly. Now, again, Leighton Van Der Esch will be under contract next year. It's whether you want to get him to a deal in 2022. Yeah. Um, I think you probably decline it, and let's see where we're at a year from now because right now there's just, considering the injury history and the play that we've seen over the last two seasons, I don't know if you can justify that. Um, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tomorrow, it's a crazy week. Tomorrow will be our crossover podcast with the guys at the Locked on Bengals. Uh, we'll do our preview show on Friday. Uh, so make sure you're subscribing, downloading uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, remember, you can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.